Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. This is Dr. Simon, who does a show called Stories We Live By. And I did this in a kind of impromptu way. I usually schedule a show well in advance, and I get it organized so that when I go on the air, I sort of know where I'm going. And I'm not doing that today. Uh, I haven't been able to do a show in about a month for a variety of reasons, uh, one of which was I don't know where to go anymore with my show in terms of the things that uh, upset me personally, uh, and I don't mean my own personal problems, but what I see happening uh, to friends and and family uh, all around me uh, in terms of those who turn on Fox News and only watch Fox News, and those who watch uh, MSNBC or CNN and never turn on Fox News. Um, there are no discussions or very rare discussions that are based on facts and reason as well as emotion um, that analyze things as I believe things need to be analyzed. And so uh, I've been thinking about this, and I realized that the last few shows I did really moved away from politics and redefined my position on what I call psychotherapy, in which therapy is put in quotations, which means that I do not deal with sickness or illness or disorder, but with human beings trying to better figure out their lives and what it takes for human beings to better figure out their lives in terms of giving up who's to blame, whether it's their mother, their father, society in general, or themselves, uh, projecting out rage and hostility towards the world uh, that has to be examined internally, uh, and trying to deal with a, a form of communication between people that allows real problems to be defined in terms of the lives of the participants and find possibly the most effective way of solving these problems. So uh, my, my view is to help people solve the unhappiness and misery in their lives to the degree that that can be done without blame or without taking the position of the victim. Uh, themes that are going to uh, emerge in the following discussion. There's a second reason I'm doing this. Uh, there's a young person, uh, I know her name and I won't talk about it now, who's been uh, discussing, who's been an internet partner for a while. And I always enjoy that. Um, I don't know who this person is, their age, uh, but I suggested to this individual that maybe we could do a show together because I find the things she sent me uh, are uh, interesting. And in order to do that show, I really have to set up ground rules for what happens when uh, this person comes on the air with me, if it actually happens, and I hope it does. Um, I'm dedicating this show to this, this person. Um, but we have to have a discussion that avoids the problems that now are preventing any kind of reasonable uh, definition of problems and reasonable 
uh, uh, effective ways of solving the problems. What I'm confronted with on the larger level, uh, and many reporters and individuals have, have uh, uh, remarked upon this, is a kind of extreme tribalism. Uh, we are tribal animals, as I have said on my show many times before. There's wonderful stuff you can read about this. Um, we are not merely tribal animals, but we are basically uh, uh, emerged uh, and, and succeeded in, in surviving and flourishing because we do organize ourselves into groups uh, that uh, break down the the uh, things that need to be done that define problems and uh, assign tasks to individuals so that uh, each individual in the group participates in defining and solving the problems that in effect uh, threaten the group and therefore every individual. Uh, I don't believe that any of us can survive alone. On the other hand, I don't like the idea of submerging in a group where the individual is lost. And I've, if anybody who's interested, I've had a number of shows over the last year uh, that can be accessed that talk about these issues. And I'm not going to redefine them all now. But what happens in extreme tribalism is that uh, the tribe sets up a wall around itself. It keeps out the ideas and the uh, advances of other tribes. But when you create a wall, which is very much in the news now, you not only attempt to shut out what you perceive as an enemy or a noxious idea because uh, these walls are psychological in nature, but you lock yourself in. Every once in a while you hear about somebody who had so many locks on the door that when the fire broke out in their apartment, they died because they couldn't get out. No one could come in, but no one gets out. So that we have this form of tribalism in which a wall exists. And right now, the wall exists around and between people, and certainly around political parties. Uh, and some of it has been created inadvertently because of the way in which we are structured psychologically by our evolutionary roots. And some of it has been really set up purposefully because there are those who, when they seek power uh, and they seek self-aggrandizement, use, whether wittingly or not, the arguments and the means by which walls are created. And as I have spoken about many times, the danger really occurs when one tribe dehumanizes another tribe and demonizes the members of that tribe so that they're no longer human but merely a threat and then in turn find that they have been dehumanized by the alternate tribe, by the enemy tribe, and they've been demonized. 
And so the conversation is, it's not my fault. I'm a good person. We're the good guys. Our nationality, our religion, our ideas are the best ideas. And in no way do they contribute to any of the problems because we are perfect. We are so good. It is the other who are so bad and so mean and so destructive. And under these circumstances, you don't have dialogue. You have war. You have war. And I have watched with many people I know in horror as our uh, leader uh, uh, jousts with the, the, the leader of Korea, North Korea, as to who has the bigger button and read into this psychologically, who has the bigger penis and is the bigger man and can launch uh, which weapons to wipe out and annihilate the other. That would be the solution to the problem. That's the solution from one monster dehumanizing and demonizing another monster who in turn dehumanizes and demonizes the first. This is where so much of our breakdown in communication occurs. And so when I do talk political, have political discussions, what I try to avoid is exactly what prevents so many of the people who have come to me over the years in misery that uh, 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 gets applied to this new form of communication or kind of communication that I think existed before the current rise of tribalism with all of its attendant problems of self-aggrandizement and dehumanizing and demonizing of the other, the creating of the other. Nobody here but us human beings. Nobody here but us chickens. So, um, if I have these discussions, I avoid at all costs the uh, uh, our side, our party is better than your party. The liberal, conservative, Democrat, Republican split. And I want to talk a little bit about the, the, Republic, the conservative and liberal positions. I've done this before. I'm really proud some of the shows I've done. Just want to raise some issues. When I became aware of, of, of doing therapy with people, when I became a therapist, a psychologist, it was clear that many of the individuals that came to me were victimized. They were really victims, sexually abused, hurt, beaten into submission. The victims of what happens in a tribe when it becomes so tribal, and that is an authoritarian hierarchy where those with more power are somehow seen as innately better and you, depending on how low you are in the totem pole of power, uh, are just a, a vessel, something to be used, something to, in fact, be blamed by those in power if things don't go as things uh, they wish it to go. So when, when uh, individuals 
are faced with this situation, they can't get out of it. You have to step outside the framework that defines your reality and how you see things in order to have a discussion, and I won't have those discussions anymore. But the liberal tended to see the individual as a victim and realized that the victim had to be helped to cope with the victimization and find ways of dealing with it. The blame, if there was blame, was usually on the family. It was always mothers who were blamed, really quite remarkable. Fathers were rarely blamed uh, uh, by the theorists and by the uh, analytic theorists in the 50s when I was learning psychology in 60s. Mothers, oh, they could do very little right. They were over-controlling. They created too much dependence. Fathers, if they were to blame, is because they were weak and ineffectual or just brutal. The, the uh, conservative, whether this was in a theory or whether it was in practice, tended to see things in terms of the individual, not the society or the family or the group that created unfairness uh, and, and damage, but the individual who had to find ways of being a responsible individual. Over the years, I moved away from the more liberal position, not because I failed to recognize the pain that had been created in so many people's lives by so much injustice and by so much brutality and by so much that was lacking in individuals' lives, which uh, I was lucky enough uh, to be part of. For example, uh, a, a mother who loved me, uh, we didn't always get along, we, we had some uh, difficulties, but... Um, she did whatever was necessary for my brother and I to be fed and clothed and protected. We were loved, not necessarily liked, but loved. Very important. I was given an education, a good education. And as I've said many times, I went to the City University of New York for free. I got a Ph.D. for free. I walked out of all that education, without a nickel in debt. So, ah, when people say to me they're self-made, baloney, none of us are self-made. But I tended to see things in terms of the victim and not the more conservative, which is the victim ultimately has to take responsibility and find ways. And if they're helped, to be able to be more responsible, to get the kind of education, to find the, 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 the uh, relationships that are love, that are uh, supportive, and provide the, the kind of training and education that gives skills to allow an individual to effectively negotiate the social and economic and political lives that they have to live. So it is a balance that's required. The conservative and the liberal began to go off the rails in the 70s and the 80s. When many of my liberal friends, and I was there too, I was part of this, mea culpa, 
began to say that the victimization is so great that nothing could be done by the individual themselves without endless amounts of help. Um, they must be given things. Not necessarily earn them, but they must be given. Because they can't make it without us, without therapists, without the government. These programs ask nothing in return in many cases. They said, you poor babies, we will give you. And when I listen and I understand the more conservative uh, 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 arguments, I agree. Something needs to be a quid pro quo. You get the help, and there has to be a, a demonstration that that education, that relationship, whatever it happens to be, is moving the individual to a greater independence such that their individual skills, their individual creativity begins to emerge and they can fight for themselves. Okay. On the other hand, the conservative position became more and more ugly. It would point out that the liberals were creating all of these problems and that the individuals who were not responding to uh, uh, the programs were defective. The idea, when, when I remember when Mitt Romney talked about uh, the 47% of mooches who would never vote for him, and you see this uh, recently, what was the senator, Grassley or another one, who talked about if you give people a helping hand, all they're going to do is drink and smoke and gamble apparently a view that is very much a part of the extreme conservatism, the hierarchical thinking that there are better people and worse people, and the people at the bottom can never be helped. You see this in religion. You see this in politics. You see this in endless ways, if you begin to pick it up, that the other is defective and potentially dangerous, and a kind of a virus of, to society. So you don't have to bother about them. And the policies, you see, are not policies that seek to, to uh, remove injustice, create justice, create opportunities, but the policies are help those who are innately superior so that, that they can carry out their mandate to hold society together and do for all of us uh, what should be done given what's left over uh, for after the rewards for these superior people. Uh, uh, and you see this on both sides. I saw it in the last campaign. You are a victim. When I listened to, uh, it was a wonderful article in the Times last week written by a feminist about what she is upset about, the aspect of, of the uh, Me Too movement. She says, yes, women have been victimized, and they have been. 
But to make it sound as if they're sort of helpless Victorian ladies, not expected to learn to read or write or fight back, is a terrible mistake. There has to be a balance between the individual initiative and the, the uh, endless blame that men are all bad and all you have to do is declare any man to be a predator and that it's the end of it. Get rid of them. Bring them down. There is no justice in that. And this brings me to, to the insight that I had. Open your hand and look at your thumb and your pinky. Make one the left and one the right. But then bring the thumb and the pinky together. Because the means by which the so-called liberals now and the conservatives use to make their points are the same. It is blame, self-aggrandizement, facts don't matter, justice doesn't matter, hearing the evidence doesn't matter. It's calling names. It's destructive. When I read some of the articles on the left, I see pouring of emotion and opening of the heart, and I don't see the kind of facts that would create a solution to those who have been victimized. And on the right, I am horrified by the way in which arguments are used not to provide solutions to injustice and victimization and dehumanization and demonization, but to demonize and to say nothing could be done. So what I will do is go to war with you to destroy your argument. Use logic. Find means to suppress your argument rather than join together and have a discussion that tries to find and define problems that can now be uh, uh, solved without dehumanizing and demonizing, creating the kind of hierarchy in which says, I am so much better than you, you are merely a piece of shit to be flushed. So, if my internet friends want to come on the air and have a discussion, it's not going to be who is right and who is wrong. It's not going to be bad blame, but how do we define problems? How do we get the facts to define those problems? What do the facts tell us? Not, gee, the scientists who say there is global warming, global climate change, are just taking money and they're liars and cheats. But what are the facts and how do we understand how facts are arrived at? How do we assess them? Okay. So we're going to talk about not personalities, but the issues. And we're not going to look for blame. And we're not going to look for attack. And we're not going to call anybody, including each other, names. But to discuss in a way without blame, without uh, casting aspersion, without raising our voices uh, as to what we need to do to solve our individual and collective problems. That was the beauty of doing psychotherapy. 
That's why in all of my shows I talk about the nastiness of making a diagnosis that leads, for example, an individual to say, I am a schizophrenic. Not even I have schizophrenia, but I am a schizophrenic. A defining of the individual in such a way and then adding facts that don't exist, such as this is due to uh, uh, brain damage and chemical problems, so that you are this for the rest of your life. And what you can expect of your life and yourself and society is very little. So I may should have probably added another 15 minutes to my show, uh, but I have five more minutes and I can wind it up. I love to have these discussions, but we'll talk about facts and we'll avoid who's to blame. We'll avoid what isms, what about isms, that is, uh, without trying to uh, grade the severity of a problem uh, or the the kind of problems I see, the the hyper-emotionality on the left or the logical nastiness on the right. And again, this is not real conservatism. This is not real liberalism. This is a caricature of both. Uh, uh, this individual sent me some stuff to read, and it, it, it's all logical. Creating programs on a logical basis, but never asking, who will suffer? Part of a solution, part of any solution, will be who wins, who loses, who feels good, and who suffers. A legal system is always struggling with this kind of a thing. The argument of how do you create a just society? Is it for the majority, and you forget about the suffering of the minority? Or do you find ways of balancing out and creating effective programs. One of the shows I did that I, I really am proud of was the, the discussion I had on mechanization and the idea of computers and, and robots replacing human beings. There's no question that this is seen as only progress. But the jobs that are being lost have to be replaced and the individuals, increasingly in large numbers, who now are so angry and frustrated that they either turn the rage in with suicide and, and opioids that dull and destroy themselves, or rage outward on a political, social, and violent level, um, is avoided. These individuals are individuals. And when we say something is progress, we have to ask, for whom? And we're not doing that. We're not doing that at all. So I'm going to sign off now. I, have a, I do these shows. I don't know if this was coherent or not. I think so. I will listen to it when I hang up. And if I really feel this is a mess, uh, I will simply take it down. Uh, that's the nice thing about doing a show on Blog Talk Radio. I can pre press the delete button, and it's gone. Otherwise, uh, I'm going to set up another show for next week sometime. Hopefully, I will talk to my friend before. I'll get some information about my friend so that I can introduce 
this friend to the to the uh, my audience, and we will have a discussion. But it will not be from the point of the right as it currently exists, or the point of the left as it currently exists. But what do we see as the serious problems, as individuals and as societies that we are facing? What are the facts as best we can determine them? And how do we come up with solutions that permit real discussion without somebody or others losing their dignity, being told that they, they are monsters or idiots or fools uh, and, and, and going nowhere but creating a chasm between people that grows wider and wider until the Grand Canyon uh, looks like nothing at all. So I think that's it. Um, I will leave it at this point. And uh, we'll see what happens. And if you want to join me, please, I will announce my, my uh, discussion. Uh, I, I have this out on Twitter. I have this out on uh, uh, Facebook. Wait a second. I never sent it. Here, it'll go now. And um, you can listen to this, and we can then have a larger discussion. Respectful, intelligent, the kind of stuff that exists in good classrooms and good therapy rooms and loving homes all over the planet. Good night. <laughs>